So we are continuing right now a series on prayer. John Prickett started a few weeks ago. I know we've taken the last two weeks. We're a little bit different. Uh, had to deal with some family stuff. But this week, we're kind of continuing our series on prayer. And just to remind you guys of why we're talking about prayers is the, the word of the Lord, kind of the prophetic word of the Lord for the Antioch movement this year is teach us to pray. And so we're asking the Lord. We're just like, Jesus, we want to be disciples who learn how to pray and learn how to pray well and learn how to pray all different types of ways and learn how to get vision for prayer and, and believe in prayer. That's the kind of the word of the Lord. That's what this series is all about. We've, we're in about week six at Antioch Brighton. And man, every week I'm just like deeply convicted and encouraged to be a man of prayer. But I'm going to continue the series today. And, and actually today I'm going to talk about the most basic, foundational, and fundamental way that you guys can pray. That sounds pretty good, right? But before we do that, you might be wondering what's going on over here. I want to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. And that is squatting. This right here is my homemade squat rack. For $35, you too can go to Home Depot and make this squat rack yourselves. A bucket, cement, and some 4 by 4 posts. The bars and weights cost a lot more than that. But you can at least have a squat rack. But the squat is, interestingly enough, the most basic, foundational, and fundamental movement or exercise that you can do. And that any athlete can do. It's the squat. You know, it, it's interesting. At, at Antioch Brighton, we have the, a high percentage of our people are in the fitness profession. We have, so I texted, just a couple weeks ago, I texted four different individuals, and I said, hey guys, what's the ba- most basic, foundational, fundamental exercise that you can do? Without fail, all four of them responded, it's the squat. We have James Frazier, he's the head strength and conditioning coach at Harvard University. Nick Assermley worked for 12 years in BC Athletics, coached more professional athletes than we combined ever met. Aaron Emanuel owns her own personal fitness training. Uh, Brian Buell owns and operates a CrossFit gym. All four of them, fitness professionals, said it's the squat. And I agree, because the squat, it engages the two biggest muscle groups in our bodies, our thighs, or our quads, and our butt, our glutes. And n- more than any other exercise... There's no other exercise, I'll say it this way, there's no other exercise that you can move more weight or, or have more power than the squat. And so, I'm sure you guys all would love to see what a squat really looks like, right? Well, I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to invite up a, a, a fitness professional back in the day. Woody, get on up here, all right? Grab a plate, bro. Get it on there. <laughs> so Woody, back in the day, played Division I football. I asked him, what was his max squat? He said 515 pounds, okay? This is 135 pounds. So I, I told him, hey, man, can you do 135 pounds? He just kind of laughed. But I'm going to just, Woody, come on, show us, just give us, just, to, just so we understand what the squat looks like. When you get under there, give us a few reps. Drop on down. There you go. Oh, yeah. Come on. That is nothing. Great job. You got that? You can put that back on. Don't miss the rack. There you go. You're a little tall for this. Thank you, Woody. That was beautiful. And just to show you that I'm so serious about training from a young age, the squat, 
I just have a short 10-second video for you guys. This is uh, my little girls. I have twin girls, Hannah and Ava, and they're almost two years old. Good job, Hannah. And squat, Ava. Come on, big squat. So there they are. I just, just thought you'd appreciate that. I really believe in the squat from a young age learning it. And hey, from a young age, and, and again, I, I really want to emphasize that if you were to come up to me and say, Phil, I want to get in shape, or I want to learn how to, I want to be more athletic, or I want to, I want to, I want to start working out, I would say immediately, let's start squatting. And, and in the same way, if you were to come up to me and say, hey, Phil, I want to learn how to pray. I want to, I want to get good at prayer. I want to I want to know the basics of prayer. I would say this. Pray the Scriptures. Pray the Scriptures. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And I can't wait to teach my little girls, once they have a little bit more understanding, how to pray the Scriptures. So today I'm going to ask, answer two questions. One is, why is praying the Scriptures the most basic, foundational, and fundamental way you can pray? And then secondly, I'm going to get super, super practical. And you guys are going to literally walk out of here with three very easy ways that you guys can begin to pray the scriptures today. So first of all, why is praying the word of God so basic? Well, first, Jesus did it. Secondly, we see Paul encouraging us to do it in his book to the Ephesians. And then thirdly, just understanding that it is the actual words of God. There's so much power in it. So first, let's see when Jesus did it. This is a famous passage. You've probably heard it, but in Matthew 4, it talks about how the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. And so for 40 days, he fasted and prayed. And during that time, the devil came and, and came and talked to Jesus, and, and he's trying to tempt him. So in this moment of physical weakness, the devil kind of tries to sweep in and, 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 and tempt him with these fleshly desires. He tells him three things. One, he's like, turn these stones to bread. Secondly, he takes them, him up to the top of the, this temple, and he says, hey, why don't you just throw yourself down and see if the angels will catch you? And then thirdly, the devil says, if, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and he says, if you will bow down to me, you can have all this power. And what I love is that Jesus, even when he's so hungry and weak, what does he go to right away? It's the word of God. It's how he combats these kind of temptations or these kind of attacks from the evil. one. He just says this, boom, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Secondly, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then thirdly, I love it, away from me, Satan. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so I just love it. I just see Jesus knowing the scriptures and in a time of temptation, using the scriptures to kind of come against the evil one. I love it. Second reason why it's so basic and so important is Paul talks about it in Ephesians, and he tells us, exhorts us, to pray the word himself. It says this in Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love it. Paul says that the Bible, the word of God, the scriptures, he equates it to this powerful weapon, the sword. And says, use this sword. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, at all times. Use the Word of God when you pray. I love in Hebrews 4.12, another time that it talks about the Word being like a sword. It says the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It 
pierces the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And so whenever I pray the scriptures, I just picture me wielding this sword and the power that I have. And I'm just, oh, you know, as I pray a scripture, I'm just piercing into someone's heart the truth of, of God. Or I'm breaking off things that might be around them or just kind of lies that they believe. I just have a sword that's just knocking those things away. I just feel like Paul's trying to get like this motivating imagery to get us to actually pray the Word of God. And then finally, something that I just like land on all the time is just the Word of God is the actual Word of God, right? The Scriptures, the Bible is God spoke those into existence. And so we just like know with confidence that it's a good thing, right? It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, for the Word of God, well, all Scripture is God-breathed. The breath of God. I just, just use image, use your mind to picture what, what verses like mean. The word all scriptures God breathed. Picture him breathing those words. They're, they're living, they're active, they're real, they came from God. Then in Isaiah 55, he talks about how the rain and snow come down and water the earth and it, and it buds and flourishes. And it's, then it says, so is my word. So God says, my words are like that. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So I, I just like, I land on those verses all the time whenever I pray scripture. I'm like, if I send out this scripture, if I send out this prayer, it's going to accomplish the desire that God has for it. It's going to achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when I pray scripture over things and over people, I'm like, that's going to work. I, it's a guarantee that it's going to do something powerful. So that's why it's the most basic foundational fundamental way that we can pray. So I just want to motivate you guys give you vision for using the Word of God in your prayer life. But now I want to give you three very, very, very practical ways that you guys, again, can walk out of here today and begin praying the Scriptures. So the first way is this. And this is, this is something that I've been doing for a few years now. And this is called arming your prayers with the Word. And ARM is an acronym. And it's just a way to basically... Take whatever you're reading in your devotional life, whatever, whenever you open the Scriptures, whenever you're just kind of spending time uh, un- trying to understand the Scriptures, it's, it's actually not just reading the Scriptures to kind of understand it, but it's taking the Scriptures and just immediately changing it or turning it into a prayer. So you can take literally any Scripture in the Bible and turn it right into an actual prayer. All right? And you use that, the way that I do it, is just through the simple acronym A-R-M, arming your prayers with the word. So A stands for agree with it. So I just, I, I read a verse or I read something that, that I like. I read a- anything in the Bible and I'm just like, I agree with this. This is correct. I like this verse. I say, thank you, God. It's just, it's just kind of this declarative agreement with the word of God. If you really believe it's God breathed, if you believe it's living and active, if you believe it has power, then don't you want to agree with it? So you agree with it. You just read it and say, I agree with this. Absolutely. Thank you, God, for this passage. Thank you for this truth It's good. that's going to come to pass or has already come to pass in my life. So A stands for agree. R stands for ask for revelation. Ask for revelation. Did you know that if you just read, like, like the Bible is just a, another ordinary book. Ooh. Watch out. Don't storm me and, and, and run me out of here. Did you know that it's just another ordinary book? No, it's not. It's not at all. When, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the Bible, 
it becomes the breath of God. It becomes this living and active thing. When we get the revelation of these words, that be, then it becomes the living, active, amazing word that it actually is. Right? The Holy Spirit that comes upon the Bible, these words, it, it totally can transform our lives. But we need to ask for revelation. We need to say, God, reveal the truths to me. So I just was hanging out with Jean Kim. And this is Jenny and Eric, uh, Jenny's younger sister, Jean. I was hanging out with her. How many of you guys know Jenny Talk? The Talk, amazing family. Eric's an amazing cellist. And so I'm hanging out with her, and, and she, Jen, uh, Jean's a really intelligent girl. And uh, I was just hearing a little bit of her testimony. And she was saying the most significant part of her testimony, the most significant part of her walk with the Lord was when she learned that she could ask God for the Holy Spirit to reveal things from the Word. She, she lived for years in, in a little bit more this kind of fundamentalist church setting where it was all about rules and like you had to do, 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 do this, the kind of stuff. But then she learned about the Holy Spirit and learned about revelation and learned about how the Word of God can actually be living and real. And she said in college that changed her life. She said she was, she had a, there was a Valentine's Day and she was single and, and a bunch of other singles were kind of like a little bummed about it being Valentine's Day. And she was walking around like, I'm in love with Jesus. This is like the best, this is the best thing ever. And it was because of the revelation that she had received from asking for the revelation from God. So, so it, when we ask for revelation, it's going to reveal to us. Our eyes will be opened to truth from the Word of God. Okay? And then M, A-R-M, so we agree, then we ask for revelation. Then M, we, we make a commitment. We simply say this. Okay, if, if this is true, and I believe it is, then I want my life to change because of it. I want to live my life differently because this is true. And so just kind of making this kind of agreement with God in your heart and saying, hey, I want to do this. So I want to model this really simply and really quickly. Just the other day, I was in, in the discipleship school. Each year we read through the Bible through one year or through in 10 months. And we were in Jude. And Jude is a small Bible right before the end, right at the end, right before Revelation. And Jude 24 and 25 I just was like, you know what? I'm going to arm my prayers with the word right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you into my own devotional life. All right, let's get Jude up on the screen. It says this. First part says, to him who's able to keep you from falling. I just stopped and I said, I agree with that. I agree, God, that you are the one that is able to keep me from falling. You keep me steady. You keep me on the path to you. I agree with that. And thank you, God. And I kept going. It says, Timu is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. And I was like, give me revelation of what that's like. What is it like to be in the throne room of God without fault? What is it like? God, reveal to me what it would be like if I knew and felt that I didn't have any faults and that I had great joy. And so I just asked the Lord for revelation, and I just felt like he was just showing me a little bit of a picture of what that would feel like. And praise the Lord, that is how I feel, right? That is, we as believers, we are without fault, and we can have great joy, but we need revelation about what that's really like. And then finally, and this is verse 25, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore, Amen. You know what I wanted to do after this? I wanted to make a commitment to be a man of worship 
a man who honors Jesus now and forevermore for all ages for the rest of my life. It just made me want to make this commitment. I'm like, yes, I agree with this. I want to make a commitment to honor and worship you the rest of my life. And so it's a simple way that I used to arm my words with the prayer. So what, what does that actually look like? So choose a passage, maybe a verse, maybe a chapter, whatever you guys want to do in your own personal devotional life, and turn it into a prayer by using this simple acronym. So that's the first way, arming your prayers with the word. Second one is this, letting memorization fuel your intercession. Let memorization fuel your intercession. And let me tell you, this is, in the last eight months, hands down, most encouraging thing that's happened in my own personal walk with the Lord. You see, memorization and intercession are two disciplines that I severely lack in. I lack vision for it. I lack really good practical ways of doing it. You know, people say, you know, you should memorize the Word of God so that, like, when you're talking to someone, you'll know what to say. And I'm always like, I never know what to say when someone just comes out. It's usually like a week later that I'm like, oh, I should have said that. You know, are we right? So I, I, ha- I lacked a little bit of vision on memorization. And then intercession, you know, I just am like, I want to be a man of prayer. But I've never felt like a, this consistent heart of interceding for other things until I got vision for using memorization as a way to intercede. And so here's what happened. At the, end, at the beginning of every year, uh, well, actually, a couple of years ago, uh, I'll just, I got this idea from Sean Richmond, from our pastor. And he, he texted or he just emailed out. He's like, hey, guys, I want to pray some scripture over you. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So a couple of years ago, I, I picked Psalm 911 for him to pray over me. And Psalm 911 says this, Sing praises to the Lord who's enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. And so I want to be a man who worships, sing praises, and I want to be a man who proclaims the name of Jesus among all the nations. So I just was like, hey, so, yeah, sure, Ed, go ahead, you know, pray that over me, Sean. That's what I want. That's kind of the identity I want in my life. And so that was a couple years ago. I was in a D group, a discipleship group uh, that started back in November, and I was like, I want to consistently pray for these guys. So I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm going to, like Sean did, I'm going to attach a scripture to these guys and pray it over consistently. So I, I, chose, I just got out four index cards and I wrote the names of each of the guys, Evan, Elijah, uh, Gideon, and, and Eric. And I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, show me somewhere in this Bible. Show me a verse that I can kind of pray over these guys. And so that's what happened. I took Elijah, and I felt like, okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Flip to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's what it says. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You will know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I wrote that down, and, and then after a few weeks, it just stuck, and I didn't need to look at the index card anymore. And I just started speaking that over him. Every time I thought of Elijah, I spoke that over him. Or Eric, Exodus 23. I just felt led to go to Exodus. And I was like, all right, here we go to the Old Testament. I don't know where we're going to go here, but all right. Turn to the Old Testament, Exodus 23, goes to the Ten Commandments. It says this, there shall be no other God before you. I was like, yes, that is what I want to pray over this man. So every single, almost every single day, at least weekly, I pray that over Eric. There will be no other gods before you. I just did this with all the guys in the Deba group. And then I was like, you know what, I got some energy here. So I took every single person into discipleship school, all 17 of them. 
and I attached a scripture to them. Elaine, this was so powerful. I felt like Galatians 5.1. And if you know Elaine's story, you know that that's a significant verse. I didn't know her story until after. So I picked Galatians 5 when it says this. It, it, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be yoked again by the burden of slavery. That is like, uh, turns out to be like Elaine's favorite verse. And I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. You led me to her favorite verse and a verse that I've been praying over her for the last eight months, almost weekly. I did this with my family, my wife. Proverbs 31, 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So I just pray over Leslie. You should be a woman who has wisdom and faithful instruction all the time. Pray this over my little girl, Ava. John 1, 21. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. I pray that my little Ava would know Jesus as her life and her light. My little Hannah. She, uh, let's see, 1 Samuel 2, 1. It says, uh, Hannah lifted her voice to the Lord. And she said, in, in the Lord, my, uh, my heart rejoices. And I just pray all the time that my little Hannah would rejoice in the Lord. So you parents out there, attach some scriptures to your children. I did this for my man, John Prickett, good buddy of mine. I'm, we're good friends. In Ephesians 5, 25, it says this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I've been praying that over John for the last six to eight months consistently. So I just, I just grab a scripture and I attach it to them. And, and, and I, I use that phrase. You guys remember being in, like, middle school and you'd write a little thing on a sticky note and, like, slap it on someone's back when they didn't know? Right? You remember that? So I've turned that little kind of mischievous negative thing into a very positive thing. And then I take in the spiritual realm little sticky notes and attach them to people all the time. I'm attaching scriptures to people's backs all the time. And they're walking around with this new identity. They're walking around with the powerful word of God all over their life. Am I right? So you can use memorization to fuel your intercession. And so how do you actually do it? What are the very practical ways of doing it? Well, first, pick a few people who you want to pray over. And then either go and ask them, hey, do you have a scripture like Sean did to me? Do you have a scripture you want me to pray over you? Or trust the Holy Spirit and say, God, lead me somewhere in your word. And so I did that, and I just want to just give you a little bit of help on that one. You know, sometimes you don't get an actual verse. It might be a chapter or, or it might be just a, a book. Then go start reading that book. And if something sticks out to you, something you want to pray over someone, grab that for them. But for me personally, I was led directly to multiple verses. And it was, it's, it's so encouraging when you land on a verse and you're like, oh, that's a good one. So go ahead, do that. And, and just let me, I'll, I'll add this. I started doing this as a way to intercede for the lost, for people who do not know Christ, my neighbors. Christian, one of my neighbors, 2 Timothy 3.17, so that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I just pray all the time for Christian. May he become a man of God. May he be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I pray for uh, Roger and Ed, Revelation 7.14. It says the lamb at the center of the throne will be called the good shepherd. He will lead them to streams of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So I pray all the time for them. May, may Ed and Roger, may they look to you, the good shepherd. And may you lead them to streams of living water. May you wipe away every tear, every, every hardship that they have in their life. And so I just use this as a way to intercede for people who don't know who Jesus is yet. You getting excited about that? I think you guys can do that. Attach Scripture to people. Attach Scripture 
to people. Final way, final very practical way that you guys can use the Word of God in your prayer life is this. When I, um, you know, I, I think one of the most vague words in all of Christianity that we often use in our prayers is the word bless. How many times have you not known what to pray and you just go, God bless this man. Bless him. You know, I, I do it all the time, and I'm, it's unfortunate. But so I, I'm, I did that a lot, and, and I think we all know it's a good word to use. It, it, it has a lot of good connotations. It's a really good thing. But, but I was, like, frustrated. I was like, God, I don't just want to use a random English word to, like, kind of blanket prayer over people, right? What does it actually mean? What does your blessing actually mean? And so I felt like the Lord said, well, go look at what Jesus talked about blessing. And so led me to Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And before every Beatitude, it talks about blessed is this, blessed is that. So what I did is I took those Beatitudes, and I kind of attached another word, a different word to them that kind of summarized what the Beatitude means. And and now, whenever I pray blessing over people, I'll often think of one or two of the Beatitudes that I want to pray specifically over that person. So I'm going to run you through these Beatitudes really quickly. All right? First one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the word I attach to that is citizenship. I just, when I think of blessing, I think, may they may there not be so worried about what's going on here on earth. May they not worry about their circumstances here, but may they have this mentality that they're part of the kingdom of heaven. They have citizenship in heaven. This, this life is about eternity and about, about living for eternity, not just here on earth. So I bless people with a, with a mindset of their citizenship in heaven. Second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So the word I attach to that is comfort. You know, we were in Cambodia, and Cambodia in the 70s had this major genocide. And so almost, you know, one in five people were killed. So almost every family had some kind of, you know, direct kind of traumatic death that was attached to their family. And so when I was praying, I was like, God, I, I mean, how do you pray for something like that, right? How do you, that's just massive. And so I just started praying, praying the blessing of comfort over Cambodia. And I said, God, won't you be their God of comfort? Won't they know you as the God who comforts them despite hardship here on earth? And so that's what I did. I attached, I, I just made that blessing be a blessing of comfort. Let's keep going. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The word I think there is purpose. I think of Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, God created the whole world, and then, he, and then he gave Adam and Eve purpose. And he said, cultivate this garden. And we all now are cultivating this garden of the world in our workplace. We all have been called to work. We all have been called to make things. And so I think that gives us purpose. And I work a lot with young adults and young adults, more than any demographic, I feel like, need to know purpose, right? College students, they're full of purpose. They're going to go change the world. Then you get to become a young adult, and you start working, and you're like, oh, man, life is hard. And you become purposeless. But no, I pray a blessing of purpose over your life, that you would see your workplace as a way to expand the kingdom of God. You might see your work as a way of cultivating the earth. You might have purpose every single day that you live, to be Living the Great Commission, living with a mindset of the Great Commandment, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I pray purpose over people. Next one is this. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I just think satisfaction. When I pray blessing over people, I just pray, won't they be satisfied in Jesus? Not having to go to other things in the world, other addictions, other problems, other things that we run to, but may we be fully satisfied in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a blessing. Next, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's just a kind of a, a can we uh, have the blessing of understanding again how blessed we are to have the mercy of God? That we've been forgiven for our sins? That is mercy. But we need to be reminded of that all the time. So I pray, I pray blessing of, of understanding mercy over people all the time. Let's keep going. <clears throat> blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And I, I think this is intimacy. I pray all the time that, that in your personal relationship, personal walk with God, that you might see him. You might actually see God. The revelation of, of picturing who he is and knowing him, not just as this like kind of distant thing, but as God the Father. So it's this intimate relationship. That's a blessing to have that intimate relationship. Two more. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. So the word I attach to that is adoption. So when I pray blessing over people, I think, would they know that they are a son and daughter? That's an identity piece, right? May they know that they have been adopted, that, they're, that they can be called sons of God. And finally, the, the Beatitudes have a couple Beatitudes that say, blessed are the, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And again, it's this idea of the things that we experience here on this earth, the the persecution, the ridicule we might receive because of our relationship with Jesus. There are rewards in heaven because of that. It is worth it to persevere here on earth. And so I pray blessing over people that they might persevere and they might understand this rewards in heaven concept. So right there, that's it. That's how you use the Beatitudes as a way to bless people. So, so I'll, I'll often just say, God, I really do bless this person. I bless this man with intimacy, and I bless him with purpose. I just think of different ways to make blessing, not just this vague Christian word, but maybe the most powerful word that you can use in prayer over someone's life. Ben, why don't you guys come on up just as we conclude today. So what do we talk about? We talk about the most basic, foundational, fundamental way that we can pray, the, the squat of praying, the most powerful way that you can pray is to pray the Word of God. You can you see how Jesus did it. You see how Paul encourages us. It, it's, you get vision because it's God's actual Word that's going to achieve its purpose. And now I just told you three specific ways that you guys can walk out of here praying the Scriptures. You can arm your prayers with the Word of God. You can attach Scriptures to people. And you can use the Beatitudes and use pray blessing over different people. So you have now in your hands tangible ways that you can actually do this. And so the ushers, while we respond, they're going to hand out this little business card that has all three of these ways of praying on it. And, then, and you'll see... I. I use it all the time. It's a little simple business card. It has all three of these. And, and on this, it has five different blanks for people that you can write in there. And then it's got a little blank where you can put the scripture that you're believing for that person. 
And so I encourage you, it's going to pass around. There's 250 cards. That means that almost everybody can get two if you want. Go ahead, grab that card. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your phone. Put it in your purse, whatever. You let it be a reminder for you as a way to pray the scriptures this summer and for the rest of your life. So in response, what I'd love for you to do is to think of some people who you want to begin to pray over. And start, just write those names down in that, in that space. Or pull out your Bibles and say, I want to arm my prayer right now with the Word of God. I want to devotionally read something and turn it into a prayer. Or think of people who you say, I just want to bless them right now. Or go to someone in this room and say, I'm bringing the blessing of Jesus on your life right now. I'm going to bless you with some one of these things. So we're going to take some time as we worship, as we finish worship. Just ask God, how do you want me to pray the scripture? How do you want me to, to be motivated by this message? You have about 10 minutes to respond. So just take some time. And then as well, if you have any kind of prayer need in general, if you came into this room just saying, hey, I, I need prayer for something totally different than what you just talked about, Phil. We want to make sure we, we leave some space to pray for you. So if that's you, we're going to have a few people, John Prickett, Jesse Prickett, I'm sure will be up here. Some other people will be willing to pray for you up front. Let me pray for us to close and then we'll worship and respond. Father, thank you that you showed us a way that we can pray powerfully by using your words, the breath of God that will achieve its purpose. It will accomplish what you desire. So we can, with confidence, take your word and pray it and, and believe that we're going to become people of prayer by, by praying your word. So motivate us. Call us. Speak to us. Give us people we can attach scriptures to 